Welcome to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. We're live in Nashville at the Wild Horse Saloon. It is World Finals Week, and it is a very special World Finals Champions edition of the show. And I'm joined right now by our BKT Racing Champion, newly crowned World Finals Champion, Tristan England. Man, congratulations to you, buddy. Yeah, man, it it, it just feels weird. You it, it coming out of your mouth, you saying that uh, World Champion. It it's what you dream of your whole life. You know, looking up in this sport and uh, with my dad there, it it meant a lot. Uh, your whole family was there. I, I yeah. saw about 20 Earthshaker crew shirts uh, across in, in the audience. Um, first, let's talk about your acceptance speech because it was one of the most emotional speeches that I, I've ever witnessed at World Finals. Um, uh, with your family being there, I know it was a huge deal, but when it finally sank into you that you are a world champion, what kind of emotions were going through your head? Man, I'm emotional right now. Yeah. Uh, just thinking about it, it's, it's a lot of hard work and so many weeks put into it and it's all about teamwork and I had Howie Dalton this year and whew, man he really helped me out and got me through it and a good group of team and good people at home and all the support from my woman and Crash my son it's awesome yeah you said you got to bring a, a world championship home to your son man. as a dad that's that's where it, like it hit me I got emotional up in the booth when he said that man because that that struck home man it's uh. It's something that you dream about, like I said, since you were a kid, but it's all the practice that we put into it, man. I, I tuck them in at night, and then I hop on the simulator, and I'm trying out new tricks, or I'm trying something different. And the track conditions for this year, they, they weren't pristine for what I wanted to try, but I had so much fun, and I'm, I met new people from all over the world, and I've, I'm still traveling the world doing what I love to do, and uh, super grateful for the opportunities uh, that were gifted to me this weekend, and Grateful for the ones ahead, too. You, you were one of the only drivers that seemingly could go from the red lane to the blue lane unaffected. And, and we had drivers getting lane choice against you, pushing you to another lane. And then you get lane choice to go back to a different one. So what was your mentality with the lanes? Because the blue lane in practice was absolutely terrible. And in qualifying, it sort of equaled out. And then in the first round of racing, it was back to being terrible, red lane dominant. But you went out of both. Well, ironically, in practice, uh, the first pass I got to do was down the left lane. And... Uh, our rear drive shaft came out, so I didn't actually know what the left lane was even about. And then uh, I came out for my second pass. Sebastian, my crew chief this weekend, he had the truck 100% after that, and uh, we made a good fast pass in the right lane that I felt comfortable with. And then I just told myself, I'm not going to do any more practice passes because the track's going to change. And if you listen to guys like Cody Saucier back there, that have, they're veteran drivers, man. They know what they're talking about. Don't get in your head. Just go out there and run your run, and uh, you can figure it out. Went into qualifying with my buddy Chris Kohler, and we're two second-generation drivers, man. Our dads are both in the sport, and uh, we were thrilled to do that together. And uh, we both went down the lanes. I was terrible in the left lane. I kept tagging the corners, and then uh, it wasn't a great finish for us. Went to the right lane, had a decent pass that got us in the top eight, and uh, we were grateful for that one. But, uh, man, getting out there to have that by run and knowing I was going to face Todd LaDuke, I just treated it like a normal race and we got it. And so after that, I just felt fast because that guy's a world champ. And then, uh, I got to race my buddy Cole Venard and Cole actually taught me a lot when I first got started because, uh, when I wheeled El Toro Loco in 2016 to fill in for my buddy, Mark List, it's crazy how everything's going. And, uh, it just feels like we're succeeding so many different things and, I'm just grateful for everything coming our way. Having the amount of people and the support that we have with just the drivers, I mean, nobody wants to see anybody fail, and that's that's why we love Monster Jam. It's 
big family. You're a world champion now. You said that guy's a world champion. Now that guy's a world champion. Yeah. So you're, from now on, you're going to be introduced as world finals champion. You are in the record books. I always say it's immortality and monster jam. Do you feel you always fight for your respect? You feel now you've earned it? I think so. I think I might have earned it a while back, but I still just had a little chip on my shoulder. Just And now we got a big one. And Cold Hard Art made those really cool trophies that look like a guitar. And I love country music. And so you got some gold there, too. Oh, man. yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Almost chipped my tooth with this thing last night. Well, so. Listen, man, congratulations. Hey. I'm so happy for you. Tristan England, the BKT World Finals Racing Champion in Earthshaker. And best of luck to you. Coming up next, it's the reunion that you've been waiting for. Colt Stevens and Scott Jordan at the desk once again. Welcome back to this special edition of Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. We're on location in Nashville for World Finals. Uh, I am joined by my former broadcast partner and the new Target World Finals freestyle champion, Colt Stevens. Man, what a night for you, my friend. Oh, no doubt about it, Scott. I mean, this is crazy being back together. I mean, this is old school vibes right here. So much fun in the booth. But, uh, man, it definitely came full circle this weekend, didn't it? I mean, I can't believe after being in a booth with you, calling one of the most epic world finals I've ever seen last year to now winning world finals freestyle myself, you know, just absolutely epic. I cannot believe it. I never thought something like this would happen. Um, it's it, just, I can't, it's crazy. You've had an, an incredible journey up and down. You know, you, you were at World Finals in 2017 in Cletus, and then you joined Team Brodozer. So you you were active, but still not quite in the in, behind the wheel every year. And then the pandemic happened, right. uh, and then you're in the booth with me for two years, man. So now you come back in Thunder Roris, and you win a world championship. No, no broadcaster has ever done that mm -hmm. in sports history, man. Uh, talk about your journey to get back here to this moment. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. That's why it's so special to me. You know, I definitely cut my teeth coming up, you know, the last 10 years, starting off with what's crazy, Tristan England's dad, Shane England, actually crewing for him 10 years ago, going on the road, and then Keith Speller and, and Mike Wales coming and talking to me and say, hey, you have any interest in driving? And, and starting out that way, going overseas and driving the Monster Mutt truck and jumping from uh, IP to IP, Brodozer, being a second to those guys, and then coming in the booth. I mean, it's so many ups and downs in my career. And then coming back driving this year, I'm going to be honest with you, Scott. Starting off the season, I was like, man, I'm really struggling. I didn't get back into my groove as fast as I can or I thought I would be. It took me almost the whole season to get to where I was comfortable again, and it showed here at World Finals. Finally, everything started to click. I didn't do so good in racing, you know, and so I was very angry. And I even texted my wife at uh, intermission there during a low cash concert, and I said, you know what, baby, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. I'm going to be okay, but I'm going to try and break this sucker in half. And that's what we went and did. And uh, you know what? It came out for the best for us. I put the hammer down, let her eat, as I always say, yeah. her in the broadcast yeah. booth. So that's what we did, and it ended up working out for me. Your dad competed at the first World Finals in King Crunch. Uh, what was his reaction to your win there last night? Dude, it, it was absolutely epic. You know, uh, I will never forget the first World Finals, and and that's because my dad beat the iconic Gravedigger. Yeah. First round of racing. Unfortunately, he lost his second, but he ended up beating him, and, and it was one of the big highlights of, of me as a child, you know, because, you know, Dennis is the best. You know, he's always been the best, and so great. My dad is you know, one of the, you know, pioneers in the sport, but Dennis just elevated the game so much. So whenever he came in and beat Dennis, it was huge for me. And then, you know, to be honest with you, my dad's been busy with work and stuff back at home taking care of Texas truck work. So he didn't know if he was going to make it. So it was a last minute decision. They got on the last minute flight to get out here. And I'll tell you what, that was my good luck charm. And having him here was just absolutely awesome. You know, it took 20, what is it? 23 years. 23 years. Yeah. 
to make a world finals win for Stevens, you know, and I had a, a freestyle win in Houston as well this year, right in front of him, in front of my hometown crowd. The two places I want to win the most, you know, it worked out for me. So God has yeah. definitely blessed me this year. And uh, what uh, just a, a crazy season. I never thought anything like this could happen. Yeah, I, I lost my mind in the booth, man. Uh, when you won, it was like a full circle for me because I felt your emotion, man. I know how much that meant to you. So I don't like to scream on the air. That was always your thing. Yeah. But uh, last night, man, I, I lost it. And yeah. I think I probably blew out the, the ears of our production team. Um, but I saw you down there during Ryan's run. I mean, the cameras were just focused on you. You had the hands on your hat. You were, you were kind of, you know, a, a little kind of back and forth a little bit. What was going through your mind during that two minutes of Ryan's run? Man, I honestly, I can't even tell you because it, it was so much. Like, I was overwhelmed. I never in a million years thought with the caliber of drivers that we have here today, thought I could come back after a hiatus for almost four years being in an alcohol truck and come and win World Finals. Especially, I mean, I had a good season, but it wasn't a normal Colt Stevens great season. So, you know, I kind of struggled and I was kind of coming in thinking, man, we just got to get through this. And then to get the win, and then on top of the, the people that we had here, I was just absolutely, I was almost blank in the mind about it because, you know, there was so much going on, but uh, it was a great time. And, and, you know, I really enjoyed being in the booth and I figured that's the first thing I asked. I said, what did Scott do in the booth? He's got to lose it. Lose our minds last yeah. year at World Finals and then coming out here and winning a freestyle, yeah. just, you know, it's icing on the cake. I think it was the first time I ever yelled Cowabunga on air. <laughs> Real quick, you know, you, obviously the legacy that your dad left is is untouched and will always be there. Do you feel like now you're really starting to build yours as a World Finals champion? Is this something that's going to stick with you forever, man? Oh, I think definitely. You know, this is just a starting point for me. And like I said before, we were on Insight Monster Gym before, and I said, I'm not done, and I don't feel like I'm done yet. I'm ready to go out there and get some more. And this is just one more stepping stone. This is the first one of hopefully many, and if I can keep going and we can keep building Thunder Roars, I absolutely love this truck. Steel Dinosaur, the fans love it. Obviously, I roared too much yesterday. You can hear it in my voice. <laughs> Can't yell today like we usually do in the booth. But, you know, it's so great to actually – you know, I'm striving to exactly where I want to be. I'm a little bit earlier than I thought I would be as far as winning a world finals. Yeah. But you know what? There's only We're going to keep going. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep getting better. And hopefully we can keep putting Thunder Roars in that winter circle. Yeah, Thunder Roars fits you, man. Congratulations. We're so happy for you. Proud of you. Colt Stevens, the new Target Freestyle World Finals champion. Up next, Grave Diggers' Tyler Menega steps right into that seat. So stay right where you are. Special edition of Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. It's a very special Champions Edition at Nashville, Tennessee's Wild Horse Saloon. I'm joined right now by the Great Clips Two Wheel Skills Challenge World Champion, Tyler Menega. Great digger, Tyler. First of all, congratulations on your first world championship. Thank you, man. I'm excited to be here. It was a you know, long week for everybody involved, but uh, we're through it now. We're ready to kick it back for the awards ceremony here at uh, Wild Horse Saloon and have a good time. I know that you are probably sick of the narrative that you, you, know, you, you were not getting it done on the big stage, but now you can finally shut people up like like me, that keep bringing that narrative to the table. So how does it feel to uh, get the monkey off your back? Now you can breathe a little bit and, and be a world champion. Yeah, it does. I mean, I obviously have made it to the final round a couple times before and never got that that elusive racing championship. And I, I always, that's the biggest thing for me is racing and freestyle. Uh, Two-wheel was not necessarily on my radar at all times, but uh, you know what? It's something I'm good at. It's something that uh, I like to excel in. And uh, this year, it just happened to work out in my favor. With all the rain that came in, the track was an absolute mess. So what were the conditions like for you to to try to attempt the maneuver you were going for? Yeah, so I actually, we had a break, the rain delay and everything through that. I watched the high jump competition. I seen how slick it was. Uh, I ended up having to go sign at pit party for a little bit. 
came back and they were working the track. So I actually walked on the track instead of taking the elevator and rolling up to my truck, which is still on top. And uh, I'm glad I did that because it gave me, I seen the track was coming around. It was getting a little drier and they'd scraped it off. They were working it in and I thought, all right, well, I still honestly had no idea what I was going to do. <laughs> I didn't. I walked the track twice throughout the week. I usually walk it more than that. And I, I just didn't know what I was going to do. So I, I was like, man, we'll see what happens. I seen Ryan go out. He uh, tried to do a bicycle. It was one of my options. And if he can't do it, I'm not going to be able to right. do it. So uh, I had to adjust on the fly and I decided to do a tombstone. I've only done a couple of them uh, in the mud. And it was, it was, it was pretty muddy out. It was slicker than I thought it was going to be. So uh, I honestly had a trick planned in mind with that, and it completely scratched itself as soon as the truck went on its nose. So it walked up. Uh, when you're up on the nose, you can't see anything. I got to a certain spot on the track where the paint was a certain color, and I was like, okay, I know exactly where I'm at now. And uh, unfortunately, I had to adjust on the fly there too. Seen an obstacle in front of me, didn't quite get to it, but you know what, it all worked out in the end. Yeah, you, you and Zimmer seemingly were the only ones that were able to really pull off tricks. So when you said that it wasn't quite what you would hope for, you, you made it pretty far out onto the track. At what point did you start feeling the truck kind of losing it a little bit and were you able to react at all? Yeah, so when they when they work a track, when it rains at a Monster Jam event, they, do, they work the floor of the track. So on top of the jumps, on top of the pads, they do not, that's all still going to be mud. It's all going to be slick. So when I cross that, uh, the race lane where you come down the race lane and then the finish line, uh, lane, it was still worked. But once I got up on top of that tabletop, it was muddy and I was carrying some speed and I was carrying too much speed and I hit the brake and it just slid and I didn't catch reverse fast enough. And it probably, it would have fell anyways, even if I did catch reverse. So it's a groundbreaking year for you. You, you win your first series championship. So you, you put that in, in the past. Now you're a world finals champion. That's gone. What is next for you as a, as an athlete? What do you want to accomplish here in the future? You're, you're still so young and now you, you, I mean, you've won more series than anybody else in Monster Jam history. <laughs> Man, I, I would say it'd be a racing or freestyle championship. I mean, when I was watching Monster Jam growing up in the first couple of years that I competed, we didn't have two-wheel skills. We didn't have freestyle. So maybe I'm just old school, but those two mean more to me than the, the high jump and the two-wheel skills. Not taking anything away from that, but you know what? That's just racing is racing. It's cut and dry. There's a winner. There's a loser. There's certain calls that are made that people don't agree with, but for the most part, racing is racing. And you know what? I... My, th my theory never changes in freestyle. I'm not going to be the guy to go out there and putt around for, you know, a minute and a half and hit a backflip and hit two big jumps. I want to start my run big and end it big and wild and crazy. That's, that's always my mentality every show I go to. So I've, that's my next goal is racing or freestyle. You weren't able to make it out in racing. I know you were disappointed about that. Talk a little bit about what happened back there for you. Yeah, so it was, it was a wild week for racing. I ran third qu uh, quickest in practice. I felt awesome. Go to qualifying, and I ran the track exactly the same, and I qualified 20th. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, but I was talking to Colt Nykelberger was here this weekend. Me and him are good buddies. He said, Tyler, your truck is not coming off the line, and it is not getting out of the corner. So I made a gear change, and uh, everybody was like, I don't know, Tyler. I don't know if that's the right idea. I don't know if that's the right decision. I was gambling on it. And uh, I made the mistake of giving the truck too many RPMs in reverse in two-wheel skills. And I should have known right then and there that that transmission was going to blow. And this was just a stressful day, a long day for everybody. And it just went over my head and pulled out for intros for racing and blew a transmission right as I pulled out of the tunnel. So I cut through and went back as fast as I could, trying to get every second I could. And they, those guys worked as hard as they could. But, I mean, that bracket is not very long, that first-round bracket. So we didn't have enough time and didn't get a uh, pass in. So, unfortunately, but, you know, what do you do at that point? It's something that's out of everybody's hands and... 
hopefully next year we can make something happen. Well, you are a Triple Threat Series champion, a Stadium Series champion, a World Finals champion. Congratulations. Great Diggers, Tyler Menega, the World Finals Great Clips Two Wheel Skills Challenge champion. Coming up next, the World Finals High Jump champion, Ryan Anderson, joins the show. That's next on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to this special Champions edition of Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. We're on location at Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville for World Finals 22. My final guest is the newly crowned Lucas Oil High Jump World Finals champion twice now, son of a digger's Ryan Anderson. Ryan, congratulations on going back-to-back, man. Big Thank deal you, for man. you. Absolutely. I talked to Tyler about track conditions for skills. I know track conditions for high jump were just as crucial, if not more, because of the mud on the tires. How did that affect your jump? That was 100% the reason why I won this high jump competition, the track was crazy. And what, what the dirt crew had got handed to them by mother nature was not only insane on Saturday, but it was also the, the same on Thursday and Friday. It was crazy. And for the track to, to come around like it did, I couldn't believe it for the whole event. But for our event, we were the first ones back on the track after the crazy rain. So there was still puddling water. The mud was just insane on top. Uh, they did their best to skim back a layer of the, the slickest of the mud, but uh, that also kind of helped form a couple puddles. And one side may have been a little deeper than the other. For whatever reason, there was puddling, more puddling on one side than the other. And I watched the first two trucks go, and I seen them get pulled away from the center line of that ramp. And the center line of that ramp gives you the most boost off. That metal ramp that's embedded in there, you're going to get the most traction on and also definitely the biggest jump off of. So when I watched the first two in front of me, Nick and Kayla, miss the ramp. I'm like, okay, I know if I hit that ramp, it's a whole nother ball game. So I honestly aimed away from the ramp. I aimed, I angled and also was shifted over to the left to compensate for it, pulling me over. And I can't say that I knew exactly that it was going to work, but it worked perfect. Last year when you won, you you were uh, you had a different strategy. You you hit the brakes, it floated your truck a little bit, and you got the win. Now we saw this year drivers use that strategy. So you you showed everybody how to get it done, and they started emulating you, and and it worked for them. Did you know coming in that the drivers were going to catch on to how to get this done, and did that adjust your strategy at all through this? Definitely, I I, I had some people questioning my uh, style on what I did, and I tried to you know I don't never want to just you know, not say, not say anything to anybody, but I tried to kind of, yeah, yeah, this, this, kind of dance around but it a little bit. I'm yeah. pretty sure with the amount of people that asked me of my technique that they've definitely went and watched the video. So it's pretty easy to see a big 66 inch tall BKT stopping its tracks in the air and what it does to the truck and adjust the attitude of the truck uh, a lot like motocross or something like that, probably even more so with the size of our tires and all four. But uh, yeah, I definitely seen a lot of people adapt to that style and that's, that's what it takes to win because it's off the lowest point of the back tire. So without getting that back end up, you're out. So freestyle, you came out last. It came down to you or Colt to win the championship. So you had two minutes to, to do that run. Uh, again, slick conditions. And by that point, 23 other trucks have just beaten the heck out of that track. So what, what was that? When you were sitting up there knowing that it was down to you and Colt, what, what, were, you, what, were, you, what were you thinking about? And, and how did that affect your performance? Honestly, the, the, the World Finals is such a massive event. And it honestly puts so much pressure on us. And there's also so much going on that, to be honest with you, by the time I took off, my mind couldn't even barely work it was like all the craziness that happened that day I was just 
blank. Like, all right, I'm going to go out here and do my thing. It wasn't about trying to, to one up somebody or be even just to beat Colt. Like I want to go out here and go crazy. But I will say the one thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to hit that same jump that my little brother, Weston Anderson aired out. And I wanted to do it bigger than him. Yeah. Colt did the same thing. I wanted to hit that jump. And for whatever reason, I just could not get it to work. Like every time I turn around, like, man, I'm not lined up again. So I struggle with that. That's what I keep telling everybody. A couple of people are like, oh man, we thought you did so good. You should have got better scores. Should have won, whatever. I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not heartbroken by the score for sure. But if I would have had one more wild thing, some big air, a big crash, something like that, I would have felt more comfortable saying that I feel like I should have got a better score, but I feel all right. Well, all right about it, but no doubt that the track was crazy. I mean, it was, it was beat up. It was hard to see what was going on out there. It was in the track conditions were changing so fast after every truck was hitting the ramps. So it was kind of a crapshoot a little bit. And there's a couple jumps I jumped. I was expecting it to do a lot more. And because I wasn't able to watch the last few trucks go, I didn't realize how much more they'd gotten pushed down. So uh, a couple jumps, I'm like, man, that, that was not what I wanted. It didn't jump high. It didn't go far. But um, at the same time, it was, it was honestly, when I got the score, the initial hit was like, dang, bummer. But at the same time, I'm stoked for Colt. I mean, Colt has worked hard. He re- he is a good driver, a very good driver. His only problem is he normally gets in his head and he gets too ahead of himself. And I watched it all year. We talked about it all the time. Me and him would go back and forth all the time. So I am proud to, to watch him win this championship and so stoked for him. And he killed it. There is no getting around it. He killed it, man. He deserved it. Yeah, so you uh, you win your fourth championship. You tie your dad, Dennis Anderson, for third all time. It's going to be a pretty special moment for you to know that you are, are now on that list with your father, right? Oh, absolutely, man. No doubt about it. I, I was, uh, I honestly didn't even think about that part. And then it got brought up to me that night. I'm like, yeah, man, you're uh, tied with your dad now and one off of Adam. So I, it's pretty cool for me. But, uh, you know, at, at the same time, I try not to, I get the, the world finals can get to me. It can get, it's got under my skin for a long time. Uh, and it took me a long time to get my first championship because of that. So uh, I've learned to like, kind of let, let as much as I can just roll off my back. Like, Yep, that's cool. Thank you. But just let me, uh, let me, I got to do my best to try to treat it as a normal event. But I think you handled the pressure really well. Four competitions in one day. I know it's not easy on you or your truck, and you nailed it. You're a world champion. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Four time world finals champion, Ryan Anderson. That's all the time we have from Nashville. I'll see you right here next time on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil.